Hey, this is Pastor Mark. You do not want to miss this week's podcast. You're going to laugh till you cry, but it's good tears. They're good tears. So, man, tune in. Listen to this podcast. It's going to inspire you, encourage you, and, and prayerfully help bring change that you desire in your life. God bless you. Thanks for listening. Good morning, good morning. Won't you stand up with me? Those of you at home, get out of bed for a minute. Stand up. Hold your Bible up. Say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what the Bible says I can do. Today I'll be taught the Word of God, and I boldly confess my mind is alert, my heart is receptive, and I'll never be the same again. Never, 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 in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Well, we're doing a series on how to address the pain in our lives. I called it the pandemic because that's what it is. And so this Wednesday night on the 19th of August, we're having what I call a praise-demic. Thank all five of you. It's a great response. Appreciate that. Uh, anyway, those of you watching online, if you can't be here, join us Wednesday night, 7 o'clock. Um, I, I'm, I'm kind of going to step it up just a little bit. Uh, I want to continue to address our choices and our decisions because the choices and decisions we make are often the reason for the pain we're experiencing. And uh, sometimes pain is not the result of our choice but somebody else's, but often it's a, it's a result of the choices we make. Uh, there continues to be this press of what do we do? Do we wear a mask? Not wear. I'm, I'm going to have to keep dressing this because some of y'all need to get out of the house and come to church. You just do. You need to. You need to say okay. Because I talk to people all the time. Say they go to work, but they don't come to church, or they go to their neighbors, but they don't come to church. Uh, you're not going to. Matter of fact, this is probably the last place you're going to you're going to catch Corona because Corona is praying against the Corona, and so. Uh, we, uh, you know, I, maybe it's my age, I don't know, but I, 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 for many years, even when I was lost, I should have been afraid of dying, but I wasn't, and now that I'm saved, I'm really not afraid of it, and I, and I know that that may sound insensitive to some, and I apologize if it does, but it is time for us to step up and say, I'm not living my life this way the rest of my life. Uh, so you, you need to probably rise up and take this as a challenge, get mad at me, use time at lunch to talk about me. Uh, it's really quite all right. I'm going to be just as happy if you do or you don't. So, but as a leader, there comes a time when a leader says, you know what, we're going to go in and take the land. And, uh, you know, there are times that we spend way too much time in the wilderness, as Israel did coming out of Egypt. There was a two-and-a-half, you know, this debatable historians, but two, two-and-a-half-week journey from where they were to the promised land, yet it takes 40 years. And it was because a lot of people just piddled around and were scared to death. It's time to enter the promise and say, enough is enough. We're going to start living our lives as people of promise once again. All right? Thank you for your applause. All right. Turn your Bibles to Psalm chapter 30 and uh, verse 4, and it says, Sing to the Lord... You saints of his, praise his holy name, for his anger lasts only a moment, but his favor lasts a lifetime. Weeping may remain for a night, but rejoicing comes in the morning. Now, let me say this. This is about choice. You choose to stay in the moment where the anger is for a moment, but his favor lasts a lifetime. 
So what are you going to do in the moment, if you will, of God's anger? What are you going to do? Are you just going to stay there? Or are you going to start looking ahead and saying, this is only a moment in time. Favor is getting ready to last a long time, a lifetime. But you still have to make that choice to sing, to stay, to praise, and to do the things that we know to do because weeping may remain for a night, but rejoicing comes in the morning. There will be people in the morning that will not rejoice. We know it comes in the morning, but will you meet it and greet it in the morning? Or are you going to stay in the night and complain about the moment of anger and the weeping at nighttime? You're waiting on somebody to do what you possess the power to do. You're waiting on somebody to say it's okay when God's already said it's okay. You're waiting on somebody to give approval for your decision when God says you need to make the decision and then the approval will come. Don't wait on the approval. Make the choice. Get up and start living life again and quit talking about everything that's going on that's wrong and start talking about a God who's already made everything right. I'm just old enough, I don't need this job. And I'm going to preach like I don't need it today. Because I'm just really tired of hearing all the crises and masks and no masks and restaurants moving, social distancing. I think we ought to just have a hug fest. I mean, if Jesse got corona, why shouldn't I have it with him? He's my brother. I know you think I'm off base this morning, and you're probably right. But there comes this time as a pastor, and Jesse will tell you that you just got to speak up and lead some people out of the mess they're in. Caleb didn't sit there and go, well, you know, everybody's against me. I'm one of two people that believe we might be able to possess the promise, and I probably ought to just be quiet because that's a politically correct thing to do. No, it's time for somebody to step up and say, you knuckleheads can stay out here if you want to. I'm going in and getting what God has for me. And I think he would have used the word knuckleheads. A lot of the pain that we're experiencing now is the pain of our own choices. And it's time for those to change. Weeping may last for the night, but rejoicing comes in the morning. You get to choose to rejoice. Two ways typically people handle pain. One is they medicate it, which is to mask it. And there are times that you need that after a surgery or something. You medicate till the pain or your body heals where it's no longer experiencing pain. But how many of you know the opioid crisis is Oklahoma is one of the worst states in the country that's had to deal with this. And so it feels good while the pain is there, but... If you don't get off of it, you'll never know if you're still feeling pain. And so there comes that time when you got to take that step and go, you know what? I ain't taking a pill today because I, I need to get off of those. But some people say, I'm never going to get off of them. I happen to know a couple of people that are addicted to opioids. And if, if they can't get any more, they'll just do another surgery. They'll find another reason to get them because they're so hooked on it because the pain was great. But now they've not going, they're not going to risk trusting God and saying, God, I, I don't want to be hooked on these things the rest of my life. So you medicate it. 
And, and then other people deny that, it, 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 you know, and as a result of that, you deny exists. Or you say, you know what, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm going to make a decision to live my life in a way without masking the pain. I'm experiencing Because sometimes pain is it's just simply a sign that you need to change something. And some of you need to make decisions to create some pleasure in your life outside of a false pleasure. This is, I'm going to do some things to help me get on the other side of the pain. So, for instance, uh, for me, I've always, I'm an outdoors guy. I, I, there are just things I can do when I'm going through a struggle like, a, like leading through a pandemic and uh, it's very challenging. I'll, I've said it every week. It's, it's the most challenging thing I've ever experienced. But what I've tried to do in my life is to find ways to uh, overcome the pain. And, uh, you know, there are several ways I do it. Some people play golf. That's great. You know, you say, well, I'm, I'm going to take four hours and I'm just going to enjoy myself and I'm not going to think about the pain. For me, it's, it's uh, always been uh, driving fast. And if you're a cop here today, you can follow me. You probably give me a ticket every day. Yeah, I, I had I had an experience yesterday that I drove the fastest car I've ever driven in my life yesterday. So I'm, I'm really in one of those funky moods today. It's I, I just woke up this morning feeling the power. And that's one of the things that people say. Well, you know, people used to get mad at me because I you know I had a Viper, and they said, "Well, why does Pastor have a Viper to overcome the pain?" It's better than taking an opioid. It's better than, than taking a drug. It's, it's power. You say, well, how, how do you forget that? When you get behind the wheel of like, like mega horsepower, all the pain goes away. That is until it snaps your neck. But what I want to challenge us to do today is face the pain and address the pain. Because that's where the world is today. It's where our nation is today. It's in great pain. It's in great suffering. And the reality is, when, when we allow that to go on, it, it communicates to the world that we don't have much trust or faith that God can get us through. I didn't say that's what you're doing or anybody. I'm just saying that's what it communicates to the world. Because the world's looking to the church, even if it's at a distance, to respond to what we're encountering uh, in a way that says, we will get past this, and we shall. Last week, and I'll recap this before I move on, pain is a very real part of life. There's no way to avoid it. Uh, there's no way that everybody doesn't experience it, because we all do. And let's think just for a moment, there are different kinds of pain. There are relational pain, there's relational pain. Your marriage isn't good, relationship at work isn't good, relational pain. How do I fix relational pain? Because when somebody else is being a knucklehead and you're having to be the recipient of their choices, what do I do? Well, let me just tell you right now. Let me stop right here and just tell you what you do. Whenever relationships are going bad, you can't fight fire with fire, hate with hate, mean with mean. So if you're experiencing pain from somebody else and you want to be free from that pain, when they cut you down, lift them up. But I don't want to. In other words, when they hit you on one cheek, turn and say, you know, that one's got a little red in it. Could you match it over here? They won't know what to do. 
Because how many of you know hurting people hurt people? People in pain inflict pain on others. Somebody has to stop the hurt. Somebody has to stop the hate. Somebody has to stop the pain. That's all Jesus did. He demonstrated to us what to do when you're criticized, lied about, abused, and ultimately crucified. His last moments on the cross, don't you think he was in incredible pain? I mean, to me, physically, that just, I can't even imagine having spikes driven through my hands and my feet, a spear in my side and thorns on my head. Just think for a moment in that pain that, that wouldn't we have all said, you know, it would have been all right if Jesus said something really off base, different than what he had experienced his whole life. But he had this moment, and he used it in such a way that we still talk about it today. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Now, I think about, I often put myself in the place of Jesus just to kind of think what I would have, I would have said, smite these suckers. I've done nothing wrong. I'm totally innocent. Isn't that what we do? We plead our case. We plead our case. I didn't do anything wrong. Well, you didn't hear my side of the story. Jesus didn't even tell the story. He didn't say, what y'all done? Let me just tell you, I got your attention right now. I'm hanging on the car. I got everybody's attention. Let me tell you. Now, here's why this is happening. And he could have because I believe he could have, at any given moment, God could have said, I'm relieving of the pain. And I brought him to this, the apex of pain to tell the story that I want told. I'm the son of God. It was told in the beginning of time that I would come and that I would bring restoration and healing between my father and mankind. And that's what's happening right now. Now, I want to tell all of you right now. Three days from now, there's going to be a gathering. And I want all of you there. I'm inviting all of you. You came to the cross. Now, I want to invite you to the tomb. Because three days from now, something's getting ready to happen that's never happened before. And you don't want to miss it. And he could have had this big, long speech. But Jesus just looks down and goes, you know, I'm in great pain right now. I didn't even say that. But he's saying, I'm in great pain right now. So, Father, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. So, in the midst of our pain, we have to be very cautious and careful to not respond to that pain in a wrong way. Because when we do, it only causes more pain. Now, I'm not the handiest guy in the world, but I grew up working hard. My dad was gifted with his hands. He could carve, he could build, he could rebuild, he could do anything. But you put a hammer in my hand and it's like, look out! This thing could go any possible direction in any moment. And if you've ever used a hammer and you're as gifted or not as gifted or gifted like I'm not, you hit your finger and when you do... You don't say praise the Lord. You say things that I better not be saying from up in here. Right. Like, oh. And then you don't just, you don't just go, oh. Mm-hmm. No, you drop the hammer and hit your foot. And now you got a thumb and a foot that's hurting. That's called not addressing your pain in a proper way. If you're not careful, your pain will create more pain, which will create more pain, which will create more pain. When you're having relational pain and you're about to get in an argument with your spouse in the house, 
Go talk to the mouse. Because you're getting ready to get yourself in some serious trouble. Most pain is caused without thinking. You say something you wish you hadn't said, and you cannot get it back. But they hurt me. It's better that one be hurt than two. Shut up. I wish I could have preached this at 50 or 55. I could preach it now. Because you get to the place where you go, you know what? I probably need to respond to this in an appropriate way. So anyway, pain doesn't have to control us. Everybody experiences, but listen to me, doesn't have to control you. Right now, some of you watching online, you're in pain. Somebody, somebody did you something wrong song. You, it's wrong. And you're suffering. Somebody said something about you. You found out about it. Somebody stole from you. Somebody took something from you. Somebody did something to you. And it caused you great pain. And here's what our natural carnal mind does. We begin to think about godly ways to get them back. Is there such a thing? <laughs> it's an oxymoron. I'm going to think of a godly way for you to suffer. And I'm going to do it in the name of Jesus. In Proverbs, there's this verse that says, you know, that you heap coals. Well, I grew up in a denominational church. That what that meant was, I'm going to burn you. That's what it meant. I, I'm going to heap coals on you because you hurt me. What it really meant was, I'm going to be nice to you in the wilderness, in the cold, and I'm going to put coals over near you so you can be warmed. You want to mess some mean people up? Be nice to mean people. Some of them aren't even mean. You just think they're mean. You're the mean one. Ooh, that didn't quite come out right. You're projecting onto somebody else what you're feeling about them. You can control your life. That's one of the fruit of the Holy Spirit is self-control. When somebody says, well, I don't know how many of you are old enough to remember Flip Wilson. And I thought it was cute when Flip said, the devil made me do it. And we laughed while Flip was taking us all to hell. Now, he wasn't doing it intentionally, but oftentimes... When we feel pain, the easiest thing to do with pain is to blame. Well, if you hadn't have said that, if you hadn't have done that, if it, was, if it wasn't for you. Here's the reality. Maybe there's some truth to that, but you still get to control the level of pain that you experience. We've all had somebody do us wrong, and we've all made mistakes. We've all done things and as a result of those choices, we experience pain. Now, I don't know about you, but probably on a daily basis, I have to resist embracing a pain that is either self-inflicted or caused by my understanding or perspective of somebody's decision or choice to try and hurt me or even accidentally hurt me. Or make me feel pain. It's not always intentional. 
But before we speak, we need to realize that the control we have is to not say some of the things that we want to say. So how do I know if pain is controlling me? When you pay back evil for evil. When you do wrong for a wrong done. When you say something in response to what somebody said to you in order to make them feel the way you currently feel about what they said. God will always make things right if we give the wrong to him. In other words, he said, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. So if somebody did hurt you, you don't have to worry about it. But if you keep holding on to it, then you've withheld it from God and his opportunity to do something that will not punish them. That's not God's heart, but to reveal to them what they've done to you that hurt you the way they did. Most people justify inflicting pain on somebody else because they themselves experience pain from that person. Oh, let's go back to the cross. (laughs) Jesus is experiencing pain for what appeared to be no reason at all because he had done nothing wrong, but what they didn't know was he was experiencing the pain so that you and I could, when we experience pain, know what to do. So when you experience pain, the key is knowing how to respond to the pain in a way that is redemptive and not punitive. Matthew 5, says, But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. He causes his Son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are you not... Are not even the tax collectors doing that? So pain, it gives us the opportunity to grow, to become more Christ-like, and to become stronger in our soul so that life doesn't have the impact and effect on us that it once did when we didn't know God. Most of the time, pain causes us to take matters in our own hands, and that's the worst thing that can happen. When somebody hurts you, it's probably time to take a step back, and I'll get to that in a moment. But Hebrews chapter 5 out of the Message Bible says in verse 8, Though he was God's son, he learned trusting obedience by what he suffered or the pain that was inflicted just as we do. So pain brings us to the classroom, if you will, of character building and causes us to either get worse or get better, but you rarely ever remain the same. And so we must address pain in a way that causes us to be able to grow. So let's pause here for a moment. This is what I want you to begin to think is how often in the midst of pain or really acute pain do you stop long enough to say, before I do anything, let me ask myself a few questions. Where is the pain coming from, really? Where is it coming? So if somebody says something about you that you know is not true, then ask yourself the question, is what they're saying true and accurate 
or am I believing something they're saying that hurt me because that's the way they feel about me? That's what they think about me. If you know who you are, why does it matter what somebody else says or thinks about you? If you know who you are and who you're not, why would you embrace that? That's where the pain comes from. But most of the time, we don't stop long enough when we're experiencing pain to ask the right questions in order to find the source, true source of the pain. Somebody else is never the true source of your pain. The true source. Because Jesus showed us that they caused him the pain, if you will. That's what they thought. But the reality is the pain that Jesus was experiencing was father-ordained. So thank God that Jesus didn't curse the pain, that he stayed on the cross. He didn't ask God to pay these people back who were crucifying him because it was a part of God's plan. Now please let me just deviate for a moment and go away from being charismatic to being assembly of God. That's going to get me in trouble, but I need it. Because I grew up in a church that everything, God wanted us to suffer. Now, God doesn't want us to suffer, but let me say this to you. He knew we would experience pain, and, and, and there are times that we cause our own pain, but there are times that God allows it. This is where it gets a little risky for all of you faith people, which I am a faith person, but what I have realized is some of the pain I experience is for my own gain. If I put my hand in fire, thank God I experience pain before my hand is consumed. Even if it's an accident, God says, get it out of there. Don't let it happen. So when you're experiencing pain in a relationship, ask yourself the question, if I am committed to this relationship, what do I need to do and how do I need to address the pain so that it begins to go away and God says, grow up. I'm a pastor. Jesse will tell you all the time. We get talked about all the time. It's not always pretty. All you get to see is they get to stand on stage and people watch them and they applaud. You have no idea what we experience during the week. And I, I've just decided that most people really love me. They're just not aware of it yet. And my response to their stupidity might give them awareness. Or it might prove that they're right. I'm an idiot. But my God response, my Jesus response, Father, forgive them, it makes it real hard on people to hate you when you love them. They'll do one of two things. They'll change or they'll never come around you again because you irritate them. Because you're nice to them. Mean people don't like to be treated nice. Because it forces them to address how they're behaving. Ask yourself the question, how much pain am I causing other people? Because all you're thinking about is how much pain you're experiencing. You could be a pain in the mm-hmm, too. Is your pain's origin spiritual? Are you mad at God? Ask yourself the question, if so, why? I hear people all the time, I'm not really mad at God. And then you talk to them a while, and they're really mad at God. Why did you let this happen? Why did that happen? Why don't I have this? Why don't I have that? And before long, you start without realizing it, your pain is a result of your perspective of who God is or who God isn't. 
If I really believe in God, if you inflict pain on me, I just go to God. I don't need to come to you because I trust him to take care of, of you if you're doing me wrong. Yeah, God, if, you, yeah, you know, if they're doing me wrong, I don't know if that, maybe they're doing me right. I've been hurt before. I've been hurt before by truth. Any of you ever been hurt by truth? I'll never forget. I've told this story numerous times. My friend Rob Koch and I were out on his boat uh, in, in Lake Austin. It's just the two of us. And we're just out cruising around. And, and I had this feeling about somebody that, you know, in ministry that was both of our acquaintance weren't really close friends. But I thought the guy was a goober. And I'd start telling Rob about it. And Rob shut me down. Probably, and he could have gone along with me. But what kind of friend goes along with stupidity? I was being stupid. Rob called me out on it. And I, every time I am tempted to say something about somebody, I remember that moment. And it's a painful moment, but that pain brings me back to the place I need to be. Shut up, Mark. When somebody persecutes you, bless them. And you confuse people because they go, well, they're, they're a knucklehead and you know it. Oh, not in the eyes of God. Always have to bring God back into it. Is your pain's origin emotional? Is your pain's origin the result of another person? Did someone betray you? Will I give them the power or be empowered? Because somebody's going to have power. Is your pain, pain's origin mental? Is your pain's origin poor choice? We hate pain so much, listen to this, that just on neck and back pain alone... We spend over $86 billion a year to stop it. That's how much we hate pain. Now, when I say stop it, obviously, many people are addressing ongoing pain by addressing the symptoms. How many of you know with every symptom there's a cause? So we, we medicate the symptom without ever addressing the cause. I'm struggling with what to say here because I'm going to make some people mad. If I told you how to change your lifestyle and it would help you with your health, it would be politically incorrect and you'd probably get mad at me and you will continue to be in the pain that you're in. This is the problem with our society is political correctness is masking the cause of the pain you're experiencing. I grew up in a very religious church, hated church. Because the preachers always talked about the things that they had mastered, not the things they were fighting. When a pastor starts talking about what you shouldn't be doing, he's usually saying, I don't do this. So I can talk about it. 
And, you know, I've told you guys, we couldn't play pool. We couldn't play cards because one of the queens was risque. Still haven't found her yet, but I'll keep looking. He'd talk about, you know, not having wine. And I'm thinking, well, you need to talk to Jesus. That was his first miracle. Now, if I had to preach this in some Assembly of God church, I would have been blackballed for the rest of my life out of all of them. But while he's saying that, he's eating more fried chicken than Colonel Sanders is able to make. And you want to know why he's unhealthy and died on stage preaching. Now, when I say this, what we typically do is live our lives without confronting ourselves because when you confront yourself with truth and I've got a lot of truth to confront myself with there's still so many things in my life I look and go Mark you just need to grow up but I'll never shut up so I just need to grow up I have a choice shut up or grow up I think I'll choose grow up because I never want to shut up because I like to talk so there we go I've got to grow up some of y'all say well it's easier for me to shut up well good then just shut up it'll help the rest of us I say that with all due respect and love I can possibly grasp. Pain can be used redemptively, and this is what I'm talking about. Jesus was lied, criticized, beat, crucified. But in in Isaiah 61, it says, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord, wow, it's 1038, has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. I'm going to use this one word. We don't talk about it much anymore as anointed. Saturated by God, anointed. Jesus had to be anointed to go through what he was going through. He wouldn't have said, Father, forgive them. He would have said, Father, crucify them. There's an anointing. And you say, well, what what does that really mean? That means you're like God enveloped. I don't know how else to put it. You know, it's like God puts himself on you, surrounds you, wraps himself around. Say, God, anoint me to deal with what I'm going through. Anoint me to get on the other side of this pain in a, in a redemptive way, in a way that brings healing not just to me, but to those around me. And I'm going to close with this. I, it, it, the word used here is grief versus pain, but how many of you know grief is pain? Grief, I've learned, is really just love. It's all the love you want to give but cannot. All, that, all of that unspent love gathers in the corners of your eyes, the lump in your throat, and the hollow part of your chest. Grief is just love with no place to go. Now, with that said, I've often told people, you will never ever truly love until you are able and willing to handle pain. Because every time there's love, there will be pain. Ask Jesus. I love them so much. How many of you know that the people closest to us, the people we love the most, are often the ones in the line of the greatest hurt? It's a really strange dichotomy. It's really bizarre. You don't mean to, you don't want to, but you love them so much, you're around them so much, and you care so deeply that when they hurt you, you want to hurt them back. It's, it's, it's a 
a misunderstanding, an abuse of love, if you will, that gives you, you know, if you don't care, I mean, if somebody I love says something about me, that really has a chance for me to feel pain. If I don't know you and you say something about me, I look and say, you're just stupid. But I say it in the name of Jesus. Because I want to say, you don't really know me. You don't know me, so it doesn't bother me that you say because you don't know me. But if somebody knows me and I know they love me and they say something hurtful, it's painful because I love them and they love me. So with that said, let's guard ourselves first and foremost around those that we feel the most liberty to be ourselves. That's the danger. Well, I can be myself around you. Mm, Please don't. If yourself is jacked up and contaminated by your humanity, please don't. Because we take our liberties with people we love because we think they'll keep loving us. But over time, our humanity will wear thin, and we won't be able to take it anymore, possibly. Now, there are people that are stronger than maybe I am, but you, you do come to that place where you go, I, I have to make a decision how I'm going to address this because it's very hurtful, very painful. <clears throat> so the challenge is loving people, being committed to love people. I've heard people say time and again, I'll never love again. I'll never marry again. I'll never do all this again. I'll never. You're allowing pain to control you when you say that because the reality is we were born to love And we were born to be loved. Because God is love and we're created in the image and likeness of God. So people who say, I don't need anybody, are really masking a pain that they've experienced. Because the reality is, we all need each other. We need to gather. And this is why I believe, and I close with this, that this pandemic is so dangerous. It has isolated us from one another. It has sent us away and separated us. And the Bible says that we're not to forsake coming together even as we see the day drawing near. As much as I believe in online church and I believe it ought to be there when people can't be here, the reality is if you're watching from another state or another country, you need to watch me every Sunday because that's a good thing. But you need to find a church where people can touch you and you can touch people. And this is what I hate the most about this because I'm a hugger, a toucher, and, and, and Susan and I both, and it's so painful to me when you don't know what to do. It's like, okay, do I high-five them? Are you a high-fiver? Are you a knuckle-puncher? Are you a hugger? Don't touch me. I might get the corona. I may have a corona truck pull up out in front of our church one Sunday real soon. why I said that, but people would drive by and go, what's the Corona Chuck doing at Mosaic? We're not afraid of Corona. <laughs> My Corona. Anyway, so, so Sharona, I, I, I got it. It's just a play on words. It's been my history that when I feel pain, I'm going to find something to laugh about. Because you can laugh yourself right into health and you will confuse all the mean people. I'll be completing this series at the end of the month. Uh, Jesse and I, well, I don't know what he'll preach on, but he'll be preaching too. And, but the idea is 
Let's move forward. Let's not live here. Let's not camp here. Let's move forward. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for uh, your grace, your mercy. Thank you for everyone watching online, everyone who stepped out to be here today. God, I'm not mad at anybody, and I know you're certainly not. So those who are experiencing pain and finding someone to blame, I pray, Lord, that they would look in the mirror and go, this is my choice, how I feel, how I respond, how I react. It's my choice. I have self-control. I can't control what anybody else does, but I can control how I respond to what others do. Jesus, you responded in the most perfect way. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. With every head bowed, every eye closed, we want to pray a prayer that will give everyone an opportunity to receive Christ. Life is not perfect. You're not perfect. I'm not perfect. We're not perfect. And I don't like it when people live a life filled with pain. Not because I don't like them, but because I hate the fact that the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And pain is stealing from many people's lives, fear, doubt. And you're experiencing pain today because you've chosen to believe that what we're going through is bigger than Jesus dying on the cross, and it's just not. It's time to laugh again. It's time to live again. So I'm going to pray a prayer. I want to ask all of you to pray this with me. And there will be those of you that pray this for the first time to receive Christ. Put your faith in Him. And there will be those of you that have wandered away from Him that will come back to Him in this prayer. Let's pray this together. Say, Father God, thank you so much for sending your only Son to die on the cross for my sin. Jesus, thank you for giving your life for me. Today I give my life to you. I repent of my sin. I put faith in you, God. Not just for my eternity, but for my everyday living. Lord, thank you for being ever-present in my life and in my pain. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time or to recommit your life to Christ, I want to ask you to do me a favor and text the word SAVED to 405-500-1310. Text the word SAVED to 405-500-1310. Please do that right now and give us your name as well, if you would please, all right? So we can pray for you, stand with you, believe with you. All right. This Hello, this is Pastor Mark Crow. I just want to take a quick moment to thank you for joining us online. We hope you have a blessed week this week and get to be a blessing to those around you. I want to invite you to join us at Mosaic Church OKC next week at 9.30 a.m. and 11 a.m. or join us online. God bless you.